Welcome to Life and Death on the Fringe. I'm Maggie. And I'm Janelle. Thanks for joining us tonight. We're actually recording uh, kind of late tonight, but... Late night. Yeah. <laughs> so late. It's, <laughs> it feels so late. It's 10.06. It's late. It's late. It's late for me. The old, once again, coming back. I get up so early. <laughs> you really do, though. I know. I know. I know. Um, we missed a week, so really sorry about that. Last week was really busy. Yeah, we had so much going on. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so much. <laughs> yeah. I don't even yeah. know where last week went. I mean, I do, but I don't. I do, but I don't. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. yeah. So, so, uh, let's see. Any, any business we need to attend to? I mean, aside from the fact that we're on all major streaming platforms, you know, share us with your friends, your mom, anyone you think you might appreciate us. Yeah, it does look like people are doing that. So we just want to thank you. Um, Also, if you can rate us. Like, rate, review. Yeah. um, That just helps us get the word out. And, um, you know, our whole mission statement, if you will, is to talk about people that are on the fringe of society and the more that we can do that and get the word out there um the better so yeah if we could get more ears and eyes on these stories i think it's important so absolutely so um okay so tonight we're going to be talking about well content warning first and foremost we've got substance abuse Mm. content warning on this one um domestic abuse some yeah yeah um, yeah, and if we come up to anything else, of course, we're talking about trauma, murder, the possibility of murder. It is a mature content podcast, so please, like, take care when listening and consuming this content. Yeah, absolutely. Anything that you want to discuss before we get started? No, I think that was everything. All right, so today we are going to be talking about April Beth Pitzer. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a little bit different than some of the cases that we've talked spoken about before this, mm-hmm. and we'll get into it a little bit, but I do feel that she fits on the fringe. Yeah, she definitely does. Um, absolutely. Now she... I'm just... I'm going to start this one a little bit differently, too. Okay. Um, this is an unsolved case, so I just want to start out with that right off the bat. Yeah. Um, I just want to start right away with a little bit about April. I think that's really important uh, to get to know who our, our victims are. Well, yeah, I think a lot of times people end up talking about the um, people that commit these crimes a lot, and we don't talk about the victims enough. Especially when we're talking about people who are on the fringes of society. It's yeah. really common to hear them blamed or not really talk about who they were or the the amazing things that they have accomplished or the beautiful things about their lives at the all. obstacles they've overcome right. to be who they are. Yeah. Right. Especially if it's women. Let's just be real. Yeah. Or really any black men, black women, queer people, like just everyone that we're here to talk about, you know? Um, so April was born February 19th, 1974. She was born in Arkansas to her mom, Gloria Denton. Her mom was 19 when she was born. Um, Gloria lost custody of April when April was three to her relatives. Her relatives just believed that Gloria was too young to be a mother. But Gloria and April remained in contact. 
act. So they did phone calls. And when April was old enough to write letters, they wrote letters. It was super, super clear that they loved each other. Yeah. And they connect. They kept that like mother-daughter bond, even though they weren't together. Mm-hmm. So as soon as April could, so when she was 17, she moved back in with Gloria. Okay. And in interviews with her mom, you'll hear her say, like, when she moved in, Gloria told her, Mama, like, we have forever now. No one can separate us That's now. awesome and horribly sad. Both things, unfortunately, yes. So, like, they thought they'd have forever, and it, it didn't work out like that, yeah. unfortunately. They didn't, they didn't have that much time, to be honest, which is really sad. Okay, so we're going to start her story. I think where her life really begun to change is going to be May 1994. So she would have been 22-ish. April was at a bar drinking, as 22-year-olds do. Like, that's a totally normal thing. Yeah. Um, She wasn't there with a group of friends. Like, it was just something that she was just out that night. She was just out having a good time. Right, and she was talking to a couple of women at the bar, and through their conversation she discovered that they were stranded they didn't have a ride home okay okay so women having women's backs right she offered to give them a ride which is an amazing sentiment only april had been drinking yeah and so we really weren't clear or in her right mind at the time she was driving erratically and Mm. it caused an officer to pull them over Mm. obviously as as they should yeah you know Now, when they were patted down, her passengers were found to be carrying methamphetamine with them. Oh, no. So, not only... I'm sure she was unaware of that. 100%. She didn't know these people. Yeah. Like, she just was going to try to give them a ride home. Um, Which, again, would have been a beautiful thing to do had she also, you know, been under the limit. Right. But she wasn't. Yep. So... In that moment, they took them all into custody. They started questioning them. It sounds like the two women that were her passengers were a part of a much larger ring. April was 100% unaware of all of that, but... Scary. Yeah. Just to accidentally step right in that. Right. While trying to do the right thing. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to give these people a ride. Oh, just kidding. Right. And now I'm in this thing that really hasn't been a part of my life. Like it was just out getting a drink. Yeah. Um, not to excuse the fact that she was drinking and driving. No, but obviously she didn't plan on this other stuff happening. She really didn't. She really didn't. And the officers recognized April's terror. And here's where I've heard, because, you know, we consume a lot of information about these cases, right? And like news articles and trying to find other podcasts and shows. And a lot of them will identify this moment as like this amazing thing that happened to her, like this amazing opportunity. And I don't think that's true. So hear me out. Yeah, I don't see that either. Well, she was up for charges of a DUI, Mm -hmm. obviously. And... The police officers came with a couple of federal agents and they said, listen, you're facing jail time or you can become a federal informant and we'll drop charges. See, when you told me that, this was literally the first time I had ever heard of someone becoming an informant to avoid their first DUI. DUI. Also being sent to prison. They had her terrified and she was 22. She had never. She had not been involved with the lights. She didn't know that how crazy that is. She also didn't know that police officers can lie to you. Yeah, 
and they 100% can. Yeah, I think that should be against the law. Right. So I've heard a lot of podcasts be like, yeah, they were really doing her a solid by offering to drop these charges. No, they And weren't. like the, the division of like, it's not an equal division, right? Like the cause and effect having a DUI mm-hmm. versus becoming a, a federal informant. Yeah. Like those are not on an equal playing field. Yeah. It's not like she was distributing or had possession with attempt to distribute meth. No, that's not what she was doing. No, she literally got behind the wheel to wasted to do that. Yeah. And I just, I don't feel like it's an even, she should have had like community service and like gone to a class or something. Right. Especially it was her first offense. She'd never been in trouble before. Yeah. That's just not great. That's right. crazy. Right. Again, not to excuse the fact that it happened at all, but it just feels like an uneven balance it, it definitely like is. those scales are not nope, the not same close so i don't feel like it was a justice to her i feel like it was a grave injustice agreed what happened to her Agreed. yep so they asked april to gather evidence against a drug green in clarksville which is where she was in arkansas at this time okay and she was terrified so she agreed now this what they asked her to gather evidence for was a methamphetamine drug ring. That's so scary. And it really came down to the people that were in her car that night. Oh Not God. anything that she had done. Oh, my God. Right. So she started working with the Arkansas Drug Task Force. She got a police handler. That's so much like, for just a DUI. For, and insane. for a 22-year-old? Yeah. That isn't in the drug world at all at this yeah, point? Yeah, no, all of that is crazy. It's madness. Yeah. That's madness. Yeah, it really is. Like, I'm scared. Yeah. You know? So this handler would go and they would stake out clubs, they would stake out bars, and then they would have her go in wired up. Just the whole nine. The whole nine. And she would Jesus. make drug deals and record them, like the whole shebang. Wow. This lasted and, for... Uh-huh. Sorry, go on. No, you're no, no, go, to, go, tell me. You're about to say... How, how long? Yeah, I wanted to know how long they were going to milk this opportunity. Uh, they were going to milk it as long as it took, or as long as they could, but it was only three months before word on the street was she was informant. Oh, my God. And it was so scary. Like, the ring that she was involved in that she had no idea, I'm sure, of the consequences of this was so scary that the police told her that she had to pack and move because they couldn't protect her. Awesome. Good job, guys. Right. Good So I'm going to put this 22-year-old in this awful situation, knowing we can't protect her when it goes awry, because obviously it will. And they were like, okay, like we can't, there's nothing we can do. I hope, good luck. Wow. Yeah. So she leaves Arkansas, the only place she's ever known, and moves to Fort Worth, Texas. Okay. Her... The family on her father's side lives in Fort Worth. Okay. Um, she hasn't had a, like a ton of contact with them, but these are her options. Yeah. No, you know, like, like she's got to go. She's got to go. She's yeah, got to go. Absolutely. But she felt like she was starting over. She was feeling like a little more free because she wasn't informing on anybody. Yeah, I'm you sure know? she was like, okay, I'm done now. Yeah, like, can I've we done be done? more than my fair share at this point. Right, like, this was really scary. I'm in another state. I can start over. Did her did her parents know that that's what was happening? I, I don't know if her parents... How do I say this? Because she's at that point in life where she's a young adult. And if something like that was happening and you had parents that you could trust, you would most definitely tell them. She did not have the opportunity to walk out of that police station having spoken to anybody about it first. Whoa. So the agreement was made before she called any. She's 22. Oh, my 
my God. It's not like you can call mom. Oh, my God. Can I, you know, phone a friend? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. So. Yikes. And she was alone in that situation with two people in her car that had meth. Right. Like. Yeah. Anyways. Sorry. Yeah. No, no. Don't be sorry. Go on. No, I, her mom knew after the fact, but sure. like we're in it now. Yeah. No, <laughs> you she, know, she's already been at it for several months. I'm yep. positive many people have experienced whatever the justice system has handed out to them. She is already a marked woman at this point. Yeah, it, it sounds like. It must have been so bad for the police to be like, we can't protect you, get out. Yeah, exactly. Like, how big was that ring? I mean, we'll talk about it, but yeah. like, whoa. Yeah, whoa is whoa. right. For a DUI. Again, that blows my mind. Yeah. They shouldn't be able to do that. No. They really shouldn't. They shouldn't be able to lie to somebody. Like, if you don't do this, you're going to go to prison. Yeah. She didn't know any better. Yeah. I wouldn't have known any better at 22. Yeah, me neither. Right. So, she flees to Texas. She's feeling a little bit more free. And she meets a she meets a guy. She meets a guy named Chase. She's moving on with her life. Yep. Chase Pitzer, which becomes her husband mm-hmm. they share the same last name now obviously um but the relationship like heated up really fast they clicked really well they had a lot of things in common she becomes pregnant followed by a quiet small wedding okay and chase's family is well off so his family gifts them this grand three-bedroom house to start their lives in Aww. right so like things were looking up for her she yeah. was feeling hopeful she was pregnant she just got married she really likes this guy like they're they're doing the thing right right like they're really doing the thing she was happy yeah so by midsummer 1998 so we're like four years okay after the dui mm-hmm. informant scenario yeah she's eight and a half months pregnant she's super super excited and august comes around august 1998 and she gets a knock on her door mm-hmm. she opens it up it's federal agents. It is time for her to testify. No. Nope. Yep. Like, she thought this was done. Yeah. It most definitely should have been. Right. Yep. But it was two agents from the Arkansas Drug Task Force, and it was like a quote-unquote request for her to testify. Um, her recordings had been used, and her statements had been used to build a case against a large methamphetamine operation. And this operation stretched from Clarksville to Southern California. So we're talking like the making, the distribution, the buying, the chemicals. So just to put that in perspective, we're talking about essentially from the Midwest to the West Coast. Yeah. This is not a small operation. Nope. This is massive. No, and it really was. It was the supplying, the buying the chemicals, the ba- the making it, the distribution, uh, like everything from the bottom to the... And not for nothing, but people who use methamphetamines are not known for their calm demeanor. Nope. Or for their reasonable ways of thinking and behaving. Nope. And she was most definitely told, or at least under the impression, that if she didn't testify, she'd go to prison she has paid her debt already yeah many times over way more than necessary she should have gone to some classes i agree with that like Mm -hmm. so that she could have understand what could have happened right yeah absolutely behind the wheel drunk but like not this this was too much so we are so we're in texas yep she's pregnant (laughs) yeah right 
eight and a half months pregnant. She testifies pregnant, if I understand. That's so crazy. Correctly. Yep. So she returns to Arkansas. She finds herself back in the care of the drug task force handlers. She's going and being hidden from motel to motel during the trial while she's testifying, like super stressful. She's super scared. That's so stressful on her baby. Yep. Too. Well, and it wasn't um, a situation where they hid her either from the people she was testifying against. Like it was full. They knew who she was. They should have disguised her identity at least. I agree. They did not do that. Wow. Yeah. Yep. So her testimony resulted in the conviction of 32 people in Clarksville alone. Whoa. Yeah. And a lot of them got massive prison sentences. Yeah. For this. 32. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a huge ring. I don't even know what to say to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, oh, it was That's, a mid-level it's, dealer it's or whatever. It's shocking. It's, it's quite shocking. Yeah. Yeah. She, there was no way that she knew what she was in for. Here we go with the war on drugs. Yeah, I mean, we started on that shit. But look at it at work. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> it's working so good. Yeah. So these people get convicted, they get their sentences, and she goes back home to Fort Worth. And she just, she's just supposed to resume her life and have her baby and just move on? She gives like, birth, yep. Like nothing has happened. She gives birth to her baby girl as right. if... Right. As if everything's fine, right? Only it's not fine. And she's super paranoid. She won't let the baby out of her sight. She can't, like, not have the baby with her. She thinks that somebody's going to come and kill her or kill her family. Like, she's terrified. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a reasonable like, response. Like, she puts major dealers away. what she's been dealt here. Like, yep. I feel like any new mother... I mean, you struggle anyways. Right. Because you're not sleeping, etc. Right, and it's her first baby. And now like, she's got this crazy other factor to think about. Yep. Yep. So she, her anxiety skyrocketed and she starts self-medicating. Oh no. Yeah. Yep. So she starts getting into some pretty heavy drugs. No. Yep. And her mom said she noticed it first in her weight loss. Mm. She said she used to be beautiful and then she was just so thin. So she's so stressed beyond belief. Yeah. She doesn't know how to handle it. Yeah. I don't know. How, would. how would you? I don't know anybody That's terrifying. that would be able to just handle that. Right, like she's just a civilian. She's, she's not, not trained. She's not supposed to be some crazy DEA agent. No, but even like officers that go undercover get counseling for the PTSD that they... They also, you, you, like some of them get new identities yeah. and like nope. they didn't do any of that for nope. her. They just were like, okay, go back to Texas. Good luck. Have your baby. Have fun. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so fun. I know I keep going back to the informant part, but it is so fucked up. Yeah, it really is not a fair trade. At all. Uh, yeah. At all. So okay. Now so she has a baby and a new marriage and this weight. And I'm positive that it's putting strain on her relationship. A hundred percent. That would stress anybody out. Yep. Yep. So she's really, really struggling. She does start going to doctors. They diagnose her with bipolar disorder which and may not even be accurate in i that don't know about scenario. that yeah. yeah it would be the first time at this point that she'd shown any signs of like yeah. mental illness yeah. they also diagnosed her with depression which sure. okay I, I could see that <laughs> yeah i totally can see that 
Um, they tried lots of medications. They finally found some that seemed to work and level her out, though. Okay, good. And, like, we returned to, like, a, a level of normalcy. Mm-hmm. Um, her marriage grew stronger. They became pregnant with their second baby. Whoa. And they had a second girl. That's a lot. It is a lot, which spiraled her back into anxiety, depression, paranoia, oh and God. substance abuse. Oh my God. Yeah. She and in her it. mind, she probably was like, I need to just keep things as normal as possible. Right. I can't. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and she was off. She wasn't She wasn't on her drug of choice anymore, right, when she was in that stage after her medication changes and stuff. But as soon as they had the second baby girl, all she could think about was keeping them in the bed with her, which was a strain on their marriage. Like the girls always slept in the bed with them. She was afraid that someone was going to come in and kill them all. She was terrified. And so she started using a gun. Oh my God. Yep. I mean, self-medicating, right? Like I wouldn't know why she would think the police would help her. They told him they told her they couldn't. No, they definitely have done nothing (laughs) for this girl. Yeah. Yep. Except for put her in an incredibly dangerous situation yep yep and it it got really bad the paranoia got really bad and she said like i loved her but i couldn't do it anymore and they divorced the husband said that yeah wow yep so she took the girls and moved to an apartment. She got a job at a gas station, trying to keep things, again, as normal as possible, trying to get her life back together. Um, when At one day, and I, I don't know if the kids were at school or at like a, day, a babysitter, I'm not sure, but she went back to the family home to grab some like clothes her clothes the kids clothes like more of her belongings yeah yeah, yeah like this is a recent split. like she's just moved she's getting some things for the apartment. exactly yeah. exactly and when she gets to the house chase his mom and cps were having a meeting so it's child protective services we're having a meeting in the house and she was advised that she was going to lose custody of the girls that cps believed that april wasn't taking her medicine consistently and that the house she was living in wasn't suitable for the girls. Had they seen it? Yes. But I don't know what... So I don't know. That so could mean anything. The government so far, let's just tally up what this yep. girl has done. Mm-hmm. So she went out when she was 22 and she had a couple drinks too many and gave a ride to some people that she didn't know very well and accidentally got a DUI. Yeah. And now here we are, and she's, what, 28 now, 29, somewhere in that ballpark? And she's about to lose her children and is living in, it sounds like, not a great apartment, working at a fucking gas station, and is on the verge of a mental breakdown. Struggling with substance abuse. All because of DUI when she was 22. Like, she's in a situation she would have probably never been in. Ladies and gentlemen, the United States government. What the fuck? Yep. Instead of being like, hey, I know that we really fucked you over. Let's find you some assistance. But also, what kind of piece of shit husband bounces in a scenario like that? Knowing that she just turned state's evidence against a massive drug ring. Yeah, this guy sounds like a piece of shit. I'm sorry. If you bail on your chick in that scenario, you're a piece of shit. I don't care what kind of... Right, his family was wealthy. Couldn't they get her a new name? Couldn't they start over? Couldn't they get her some fucking counseling? Any of the above? Instead of taking her kids away from her? Right, but that's what happened. 
Yeah. That's what happened. That pisses me off. Yeah. No, it's really fucked up. Like, the the government did her no services here. And neither did his family. Nope. It sounds like, or him. Nope. Wow. Yeah, she was fucked from the start. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's really messed up. So, and then they were, they said this like, oh, but if you take your meds and you can prove it, you might be able to get partial custody back. Oh boy. Thanks. Right. That did not help her feel better. Like no, she was I'm, devastated, I'm obviously. And then, then I'm positive from there. She spiraled down and maybe started self-medicating again. She was self-medicating this whole time. Yeah. I'm yeah. just saying, I'm sure that didn't make it better. No, of course not. Of course not. Now she has nothing. She went from having this beautiful family that she created in Texas, she was feeling free, to losing her marriage, losing her kids, being terrified all the time because she put 32 people in prison. And had they just not knocked on her door, had they just used the recordings, et cetera, et cetera, even that was too much, but had they just stopped there, none of this other stuff would have happened. hidden her identity. Like, they could have done that without... Yeah, there are so the defendants many ways in the to room. do that. Yep. There are so many ways for a person to testify without knowing who that person is. And none of that happened. They didn't do that. Oh they didn't do any God, of those that things. That makes me so angry. Yeah, me too. Yep. So after losing her, her kids, April began to make new friends outside of her usual friend group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she meets John Lopez. So he's a truck driver in Fort Worth for work, but he lives in Southern California. Okay. Okay. Yep. They hit it off and April decided a change of scenery would be awesome. She really felt that like if she left, it would do like the absence makes a heart grow fond. Right. And her in-laws would see her ex-in-laws would see that they really needed her to take care of the girls. I guarantee you that these rich fuckers weren't even really taking care of these babies on their own. They probably had a nanny. I'm sure. They probably just didn't want her to have access to those kids, even though they're her fucking kids. Yeah. 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 Yep. So they go. They go to Southern California. Damn. Yeah. And it's just like this little desert community. And where is this in California? This was outside of Barstow, California. Okay. Yep. So John, there are a lot of interviews with John, actually. And John talks a lot about like trying to tell her as John was not in the drug scene. He, she was a truck driver Mm -hmm. and John was maybe like a little bit rough around the edges, but not necessarily somebody who's going to be hanging out and like partying and doing a bunch of hard drugs and stuff. Right. Um, I mean, definitely the kind of person who meets a woman and decides to move away with her. Maybe he's like a drinker (laughs) and like hangs out at bars or something. Right. Right. Um, but wasn't heavily into the drug scene. And so he tried to tell her the places to avoid. Okay. Like, let's not do these things. These things are dangerous. Isn't Barstow like one of the crazy capitals for methamphetamines? The capital in the United States. Yeah. Okay. Great. So she's now literally placed herself right into possibly the network unnecessarily, like unknowingly rather has placed herself into a scenario where it's possible that she could bump into people that knew other people that because of the pipeline from the Midwest to To SoCal. Yep. And she's moving to SoCal. God damn. Yep. I know. And she's, she's really desperate though to like, 
find a change of scenery. Yeah, like she's, she's searching. She's trying to probably soothe her broken yep. heart at this point. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So they get to Barstow. Things are going decently between her and John. Mm-hmm. Um, John takes her to a party with some of his friends and was like, I want you to meet some of the locals. Like, let's start building a community that you can be a part let's of. mingle or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, I want you to know my friends. Yeah. That seems reasonable and not weird mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah um she though meets a man at this party mike i'm just gonna call him mike because there's another mike later so i'm just gonna okay. call this guy mike and the other mike, guy we'll go by mike his last one. name mike <laughs> yeah <laughs> um she decides that she like feels an immediate attraction to mike and she drops john whoa yeah she Asks Mike to take her on a ride on his dirt bike, which he happily does. They ride around. By the time they get back, John is gone. And John is mad. Uh-oh. <laughs> yep. But Mike was like, you know what? No worries. He said, I've got land and a bunch of trailers, which... That's pretty sketchy. Super weird. Who has his, like, 12 acres and a bunch of trailers. And he says, you know... You can stay here. You can come home with me and you'll have a place to live. Mm. Yeah. No, none of these trailers had electricity. They're just random trailers. They're just trailers in the on of the fucking desert. Correct. In the awesome. Mojave Desert. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. But she But she doesn't have anywhere to go, it sounds like. Right, and not for nothing, but John left her at a party with a bunch of strangers. Yeah, that's kind of shit. She didn't know any of these people. She's doing what she can yeah. to like be friendly and probably yep. survive in a weird environment. Yep. So Mike lives outside of Newbury Springs, which April was familiar with. Hmm. She was familiar with it because that is where the meth was made as part of the ring she helped oh break up. Oh my God. Yep. She didn't know that's outside of where he lived until she got there, but she is familiar with this place. Holy shit. Yep. Um, Mike and a lot of the other people on the property were part of the drug trade in SoCal. Yeah, that's not a big surprise. Nope, but... Based on his whole, I've got a bunch of empty trailers on all of this land in the middle of nowhere. You should come stay with me. It's so weird. That's... Not everybody says that. No one says does that. that. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, that's a... That's a... That's a lot. It is a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. So, but she also didn't have any other options. She didn't even have a yeah. cell phone of her own at this no, point. No, I mean, she's doing what she has to yep. to survive. Yep. So she's really trying to carve out a life for herself. So, and this particular area is very rural. There's not a lot of places to work. That just sounds scary. It is ripe for people going into the drug trade. Yeah. A lot of people do it. fucking scary as shit. Yep. Where you're trying to make ends meet and you're living in poverty. Yep. Right? It's not... A great option, don't get me wrong, but like no, but I get it. That sounds it reminds me of like Sorry. growing up in the sticks in Montana and like some of the places I saw up there where there's just land for I like it just goes on and on like and on. forever. And there's just poverty and like no jobs and it's not it's not pretty. That's what this is, but in the desert. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. It's not a good feeling. Yep. So one of the people living into the in the trailers next to April was actually part of the ring she broke up, but he had already been serving time by the time she testified. So like that's how close we are. Whoa. We're not even degrees of separation here. We're like right. We're there. in it. Oh shit. We're in it. At this point, nobody's recognized April. 
but oh, she's like oh my god in it now and she's she's using like she's struggling like she's going through a lot yeah she's going through a lot now this scenario though was short-lived also yeah that also doesn't surprise me nope so one night mike and april were at a guy named chuck's house okay so at it was, I wouldn't say it was a party because there were like four people, but it was like a group. It was a gathering. It was a gathering. It was a gathering. And it was Chuck, his friend Dan Dan, which drives me nuts to Dan say Dan Dan, Dan Dan every time. My name is Dan Dan. Dan Dan and Mike and April. <laughs> okay. So. Like Forrest Gump. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> they're all drinking. Yeah. Of course. Partying. Of course they're partying. Now, Dan Dan and Chuck. In, like, a drunken stupor, accused Mike and April of stealing hubcaps. Oh, because hubcaps are so valuable. But also, like, where are you going to put them? Strap them to your leggies? Oh, my God. (laughs) Your leggies. Just all clanking around. Clank, 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 clank. Some Mad Max outfit choices Where are you going to hide hubcaps on your person? Oh, my God. Yeah. That's, see, that seems to me like a lot of drugs and a lot of alcohol. Yep, absolutely, 100%, 100%. No one's thinking clear. Yep, well, and Dan Dan and Chuck are Vietnam vets. Okay, and they're like rolling to their guns. I'm sorry, that's not funny, but I have met some Vietnam vets that are, I mean, they're nice until they're drinking. Until they're drunk, and, and that's. partying, and yep. that's a whole other yep. And once they get angry, they get really angry, and that is yeah, the case with and Dan then, Dan and, and Chuck. And the, the guns come out, and. The knives come out and it gets scary. Yep. So what they did was they stripped Mike down to his underwear. They duct taped him and threatened to shoot him. Oh my God. I'm sorry. For stealing hubcaps. That's so crazy. Yeah. Also like. That is batshit. I'm sorry. Did they strip him to find the hubcaps? Like why was that part necessary? Yeah. What are we doing here, fellas? I don't know. I don't know. Mike gets away. Mm Mm-hmm. Which shocks me. Did he leave her there? He ran to a neighbor's house, calls the police, and says April's in danger. Uh-huh. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she is. You left her there, bro. Well, the police come, and April, Dan, Dan and Chuck are chilling. And April backs Dan, Dan, and Chuck. And says that Mike is just paranoid and high. And nothing happened. Well, she's probably done being a rat. Yes. But also, she lives on Mike's property. So after this happened, Mike's kicks her out and she's homeless. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, man. Yes. She's stuck between a rock and a hard mm-hmm. place because does she piss off the crazy dudes by t- talking to the police? Or does she piss off Mike? By talking to the yeah. police. Yeah. And like, which one of those two groups is more liable to do her harm physically? It seems to me that she, in that moment, she probably made the right choice, even though ultimately it got her kicked off of the property. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's shitty. Yeah. Like, I don't even know. But, there's, but that's she's it. stuck. She's stuck. Yeah. Again. Again. Yep. So April doesn't have a phone of her own, like I said, but she does call home when she can, like pay phones, friends' phones, et cetera. Right. And she tells her mom that she has a job and that things are going great. Like her mom has zero idea. So she's not being completely honest. She's not. She didn't, she told her mom later that she didn't want her to worry. Mm. But her mom could have helped her probably. We'll get, we'll get to that. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah. 
That's just, that sucks that she felt yep. like she couldn't tell her. Yep. So she's drifting from like couches to shelters to like friends, houses, you know. And one day she's just walking along Route 66 in South Southern California. And a trucker, Mike Killebrew, we'll just call him Killebrew because Mike too. Okay. Okay. So Killebrew stopped and asked her if she needed help. And like that. Yeah, Mike makes a Killebrew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> this is what happens. Late night? Yeah. <laughs> I start making dumb dad sorry, jokes. I know I'm sniffling. The allergies are crazy. <sighs> Can't be any worse than the dad jokes. <laughs> <sighs> Anyways. So Killebrew asks her if she's okay. Mm-hmm. And it was like this small act of kindness that people hadn't shown to her recently. Right. And she loses it. She just starts bawling. She's oh, melting no. into a puddle. Oh, no. And she tells him everything. Oh, my God. And he says, you know what? I'm going to take you home to meet my mama. And he does. Whoa. I know. Like, it could have been anybody. Yeah, the one nice person. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, come meet my mama. Yeah, come meet my mama. And he meant it. Come have a killabrew. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> 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 so he meets her mom, Barbara. And they, I'm sorry, she meets his mom, Barbara, and they hit it off. Aww. Yeah, so Barbara is disabled. She needs a lot of help. Barbara and April hit it off, and Barbara says, hey. Well, and isn't April, like, super nurturing? And, like, she's a mom. She's she, probably missing her babies, yep. and she's probably got all these, like, nurturing wiggles to get out. Yep. Like, you know, she's she's a mama that's yep. been separated from her babies. Yep. And she does. Barbara asked her to be her, care, her caregiver. Aww. Yeah. And, like, they, they really hit it off. And, unfortunately, there's not a place for her to stay at Barbara's house. Like there's not, Yeah, there's not enough room. Um, so she stays with a friend, Stephen, I think is his name. Where did I write his name down? Yeah. Um, but Barbara also convinces her to talk to her mom. Thank God. And tell her the truth. Seriously. Yep. Because I'm sure her mom wants to know what's yeah. actually going on. Yep. And, you know, she does... She does talk to her mom, and her mom immediately wants to buy her a bus ticket, is like, please just come home. And April's not ready. She's not ready to come home yet. Well, so if you think about that, she's going to have to face a lot of things Yep. when she goes back. And at this point, she's probably feeling pretty shitty. Yeah. Like. Yep, and she wasn't opposed to going back. She's like, yes. But just not quite Right, yet. she wasn't ready for her to buy a bus ticket. Yeah, that she's and, gotta go back and face the music. Yep. And that's gonna be really tough on her. Yep. And she's feeling fragile. Yeah. And Gloria's mom I'm sorry, April's mom, Gloria, wow, um, was in the middle of a move to back to Arkansas. And so it was like, why don't you finish moving and then I'll meet you when you're settled. Okay. And I can help you unpack. Okay. You know? So they're making plans. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. So she's staying with Steve. Steve says you can stay here for a couple of weeks, a few weeks. Okay. She's helping Barbara and like, she's, she's getting ready. 
you know what I mean? Like she wants to see her babies again. And a lot of the interviews will say she was, she had pictures of her daughters and would hold them to her heart and just see them coming home. Oh my God. Yeah. So Steve threw a party just one night and she's staying at Steve's house, like just regular, you know? Um, and a woman sits down next to April. April recognizes this woman as Brandy Brooks. Brandy had been a part of the ring that April's testimony helped break up. Mm. Mm-hmm. April's testimony put Brandy's husband away for eight years. Oh, shit. And her testimony caused them to lose custody of their children. Oh, shit. Yeah. So Brandy's going to be pretty pissed. Yep. To, to put it lightly. Yep. And uh, Brandy doesn't recognize April. April puts it out there. No. Yep. Why would she? April do that? is like immediately ridden with guilt and like oh, stops no, everything no, no, and no, starts no, apologizing no, no. profusely for being an no, informant. No, 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 no. In the no, middle no. of this party full of people who deal and use meth. Oh my god. Yeah. No. Yep. And Brandy doesn't want to talk about it. Brandy is keeps telling her like I don't care. I don't want to talk about it. Like I'm here to party. That was in the past. Like, I don't want to talk about it. Holy and shit. April will not let it go. And she causes like a really big scene. No. Yep. And so a lot of people that didn't realize she was part of this huge bust now know that oh, she was part of this huge God. bust. Oh my God. Yeah. Yep. So by a lot of the interviews, like she made a, a really big scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and not for nothing, but if that person is telling you to let it go and you're not, yeah, you should probably keep your mouth shut. Yeah. But also she was probably drinking like, like okay, not to, I don't want to, I don't want to blame. But, no, right. I'm right, not right. trying to victim blame. Right. But what I am saying is this, if the person whose husband you put in jail and whose children you got taken away by your testimony is telling you. I don't want to talk about this with you and you're pushing and pushing. That is what I'm saying is that that's dangerous. It's dangerous. I'm not blaming her for anything, but it's dangerous what she's doing. And And maybe she didn't really think about that. I'm sure all she could feel was her guilt. Yeah. She probably wasn't thinking like I'm putting myself in danger. No, she was probably probably like, I didn't even want to do this. (laughs) She's probably thinking I'm trying to redeem myself. Right. Like I got roped into this insane bullshit for this one dumb thing. And I'm sorry. Yeah. Right. And the other person was like, no, no, no. Yeah. Wow. That is a, that is like an explosion waiting to happen. Yep. Yep. So now let's get in some timeline. Okay. You know, I love a timeline. You do. I really do. Helps me keep everything straight. Okay. So June 22nd, 2004. Okay. So we're, we're deep in this timeline. She's been in Cali for a bit. Yeah. At this point. So June 22nd, 2004, April calls her mom and tells her about Brandy. Oh, God. Yep. And says, like, my past found me. Like, all my paranoia was accurate. It was for this. It got me. Oh, my God. Right? Gloria begs her to leave. She offers again. She sees the danger. Yeah. She says, if you don't get out, you're going to die. Like, let me get you a bus ticket. Oh, my God. Like, please get out. And Gloria's like... I'm sorry. April tells her, like, I'm going to pack. Don't buy me the ticket yet. I'm going to call you in a week once I have everything settled here and you can wire me the money and I will come home. So she's tying up her affairs. She's trying to get ready. She's trying to get ready. Okay. Yep. 
Gloria asks her, like, do you have a safe place you can stay? You have somewhere. Somewhere that's not Steve's house. Right. Right. And she says, oh, I can stay with Uncle Chuck. That's what she calls him. Okay. Uncle Chuck of Chuck and Dan Dan. Oh, God. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Yep. So she said she'd call her in a week, and that call never comes. Like, that's it. That's the last time that Gloria hears from her daughter. Whoa. Yep. So Gloria starts calling. She starts calling Chuck. Doesn't get any answer. No one answers the phone. She starts calling Barbara. She doesn't answer the phone. It's just silence. What the fuck? Yep. And you said this was in 2004? Yep. So it's not like you can just shoot a quick text and or like a FaceTime or... Well, and she doesn't you know. have her own phone. Yeah. Oh so shit. she's trying to pinpoint where oh she thought God, she'd be. That'd be so maddening. Yeah. And she's a world away. Yeah. It could be like across the ocean for all she cares. Right. In that moment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So she also tries to file a missing persons report mm-hmm. with Southern California. Mm-hmm. And they don't let her. Like straight up, they just don't let her file one. They say, well, you know, your daughter, she's lost her kids and she's into drugs. So she's probably just doing what she wants to do. No. Nope. She had plans. No. They had plans. How is it that, why is that up to them? To decide? To decide if that person, they don't know her. Mm -mm. They don't know her. Her mom knows her and knows that they were supposed to speak and, and that she was planning on coming home. Why is that their decision? Thank you. And also like, okay, so worst case scenario, you spend some resources and you find somebody alive. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> right. Like, oh. don't people like it when that happens? Like, I aren't they happy not. when that happens? I don't know. You would think. Oh yep. God. So July 4th. So last timeline, June 22nd. Okay. This is July 4th, 2004. Okay. So a couple weeks have gone by. Yep. Barbara calls Gloria back. Okay. Barbara was in the hospital. Oh, shit. So she didn't get any phone calls. Okay. So she comes home, and she calls Gloria, and she said, Hey, really sorry I was in the hospital, but how is it having your baby home? And Gloria says, I don't. She never made it. Oh, my God. Barbara didn't know. Oh, my God. Right. Yep, and Barbara says, that's weird. Like, she's super shocked. She said that Chuck brought April over to her house to get clothes, before catching the bus out. Like, she was planning on leaving early, it sounds like. Huh. Yeah, so... She was 100%. Barbara thought she was out and that she was home already. What? Yep. So now we know that, at least at this moment, the last person to see April is Chuck. Yep, and we all know the statistics about that. Like, if you're the last person to see somebody alive, you you're probably... You're the first person to see him dead. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, again, Gloria can't file a missing person. She attempts again. They tell her that somebody locally has to file it. Oh, my God. Why? Yeah. Yep. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. No, yeah, they don't. thank you. But we hear that a lot, don't we? We hear a lot of people making a lot of fucking excuses about <laughs> why they can't file like a police assist. report i know like do your fucking job or not making excuses and just not filing it yeah just or being like, like, being like yeah i'm writing it down and meanwhile nothing is happening like, i don't have a record of that at all yeah okay good yeah. job so awesome 
so great. So she she gets Barbara to file a police report. Somebody local. Somebody local. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. So that is July sixteenth, two thousand and four. Barbara files a police report. Okay. So we're almost a month. Yeah. Time is flying by here. Yep. Yep. And they they allow her to do it. Allow. With wow. big quotes on that, her to uh-huh. do it. Now, July 19th, Chuck calls Gloria back. Okay. A month later. Almost to the day. A month okay. later. Okay. And she's, he says, I'm super sorry. I was just moving a friend to Oregon, and I was busy, so I didn't call you back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, Chuck. That seems super weird, but yeah. So... Can I just say I don't believe Chuck? I don't either. He told Gloria that April left to stay with Steve. Which, why would she do that? But that's what he says. Left to stay with Steve and left most of her belongings, including her white suitcase. No. No, if she, she wouldn't was leave leaving, all of her belongings. Why would she leave all of her shit? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Also, why would she stay with Steve when Steve is like deep into the things she's trying to avoid? She moved away from that scenario to get away from all of that so that she could go home without dying. Yeah. So no, I don't think she went back to Steve's. I, and I can say this because spoiler alert, Chuck is dead, but I don't believe Chuck. I don't believe Chuck at all. Like not even kind of. I don't think Dan Dan and Chuck are good dudes. Yeah. Just going to put that right out there. Yeah, me neither. Like not even a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So July 20th, so the next day, Gloria tried to call Chuck back, but he changed his number. Mm. Shady as fuck, Chuck. Shady as fuck, Chuck. It's going to be a shirt. You're shady as fuck, Chuck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So police go to talk to Chuck, and he has this, like, huge padlocked fence on his his house. Because he's paranoid. And running drugs, probably. Mm -hmm. But he won't let him in past the padlock. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know what happened in April. Here's the thing about people that live in the middle of fucking nowhere is that sometimes they do really scary shit. And you can't get on their properties and if they don't want to let you on unless you have a search warrant or some sort of probable cause to go on their property and they really don't you're not going to get on there right aside from the fact that they've got no evidence of a crime aside from the fact that he's the last person to see april that's it yeah but in their minds i'm sure she could be anywhere they already decided they didn't care right yeah and that's what puts april directly on the fringe yeah, because they're like, well, but she's lost her kids and she's, she's self medicating. She's doing drugs, and therefore that equals us not giving a fuck. That, you're right. She's expendable. Yeah. Right. She's what? Another addict? Like, get fucked, guys. Yeah. Like, she girl. was a mom and a daughter. Well, she's a human being, yep. period. Right. Like, but, she has value in her existence. Judge and jury, fellas, you know? Really shitty. Hate yep. it. Hate it. Okay. So mid September. So September? Mid September 2004. So months have gone by. Yep. Yep. A witness says that she overheard from other people in this like group that she was with mm-hmm. that April's body is in a desert mine. Now, in the Mojave Desert, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of mines. Like it was heavy what? in the gold rush. Like there's, that's not even a place to start. 
That's like being like, God. somebody's body is on the street in America. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's too vast. It's not even a starting point, Holy unfortunately. Shit. But they're saying she's dead. Yeah. This person, whoever yep. this person is. Saying that she's overheard it. Now, there also is a message that's found in a truck stop in Oregon. Where Chuck was. Yep, Chuck, Chuck was in Oregon. And it says, if you're looking for a missing girl from Arkansas, she's close to Barstow, California. And it gives like some distances off of the interstate that she's in a mine outside of Barstow. What the fuck? Yep. Um, the police search that area and find nothing. I find that to be so disturbing. Super. So that is so weird. Who would write that? In Chuck or somebody that in knew Oregon. Chuck. Right. That's the only connection between her and Oregon is Chuck. Oh, my God. Right? That's so weird. And they've already wasted so much time. Oh, that's because they didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, time is... Like, the critical hours have gone. Yeah. Like, it's that's gone. So far. So far. So far gone. Before they even picked up the pen that yeah. was over. So the mines of Ludlow, which is in the Mojave Desert, become like a common theme. And like tips trickle in here and there being like, oh, she's in a mine. She's in a mine. Right. That's a theme that we hear. So do the cops think that this is just a rumor or do they think it's valid? Or is this just like a rumor that people are putting out there to like put that out into the universe? They think it is worthy enough to check. Okay. But not enough information to be certain to zero in on something right because of how many mines there are okay you know now chuck's friend dan dan claims that he owns the red dog mine in ludlow and it's 30 miles east of barstow so that would put it kind of in the range of that message for the truck stop okay right a little outside of it but in the general vicinity if somebody didn't know what they were the exacts right 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 so Please find a shack. And it's Dan Dan's shack. And it's been there since the 70s. It's Dan Dan's shack, ladies I, and gentlemen. For those of you who are Patreons, we will post this on our Patreon, some pictures of I this shack. Shit. I showed you a little bit of that, of you his writings. You showed one of the, yeah. And yeah. the shack, it is, like, if I saw that, we would say it was a nope, nope shack. Like, that shack is closed. Yeah, you just turn around and walk the other way. That, immediately. No. You don't it's haunted, for sure. <laughs> It's super scary. There are demons just hanging out. It on is top a portal of it, waiting to absolutely suck your soul in. Yes, and like crunch your bones. Don't go bit. there at night. It's super creepy. <laughs> and he stays in there often. Yeah, I'm sure he does. Yeah, he probably takes meth and like some beers out there and just fucking digs around in the dirt like a weirdo. Yeah, in his mind, him and Chuck think that they're gonna get rich on these mines, but these sure. mines were part of like the original gold rush. Like they're. There's no gold in them there, hills. No. It's already gone. <laughs> We're done. It's done. It's done. Oh, my God. I'm saying that with, my uncle was a gold miner. No, I know, but I'm and just he has claims, these guys but like, are digging around in these crusty old mines these that are have closed. already been <laughs> sapped dry, and these dudes are just I also tweaking think... on meth and fucking around. Like, and I saw a lot creepy. of things that are like, Dan Dan claims to own the Red Dog Mine. I don't think he actually, I think it was just a mine. He just went there one day and was like, uh, this Put my flag mine. down. I'm going to just pee on this one. This one's mine. <laughs> yeah. Like a pup. Just like a little puppy dog. Just pee on that one. Claim it. Oh, mine. 
claimed <laughs> for the flag like, walking dan dan claimed <laughs> yeah it's so weird but like he writes a lot on the walls of this shack yeah he definitely sounds like a crusty yeah and he says like the walls will say things like um if you can read this you better move along which is like vanilla but then he also says like three people can keep a secret if two are dead Ooh. or if you want to disappear i can help Ooh. and it's like a lot of mentions on these walls about how he was a sniper and nom and like okay but that's actually creepy <laughs> unhinged it's unhinged i don't like want, i don't think i ever want to meet chuck or dan dan you're, they're both dead, in this so. life or the next <laughs> no thanks yeah no thanks. no stank you yeah so creepy super creepy so they know there's a connection between chuck dan dan the mine and april and april right which is this is fucked up yep and because chuck was the last person to be seen with april and he has by the way given four three four separate accounts of what happened he can't make up his mind no so if you remember he told the mom that she went and stayed with Steve. Right. Right. She told, I'm sorry, he told police that she was asleep in her room when he left for work at 7 and gone when he got back at 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. He also has said to multiple people that she ran off with a trucker. Right. That's that's a lot of stories to make up. Yeah. Except for, well. I don't think any of them are true. Yeah. And I know you have some more details to share about yep. certain things, so I'll let you do that. I mean, what questions do you have? No, I just know that her belongings were at his house. Oh, yeah. We're almost there. Yeah. Um, so the police searched the Red Dog Mine with... Well, we, we talked about that. No, I'm talking about her suitcase and yeah. whatnot. Yeah, he told his mo- her mom that she left all of her shit behind. Okay. Yeah. Um, but police um, searched the Red Dog Mine with cadaver dogs. I had to say it without the Jersey accent that I did last time. Cadaver dogs. I had to say it slow. Cadaver dogs. Um, but they didn't find anything, which sucks. Nothing, by the way. Okay. So this is the red dog mine. Uh-huh. Her cat sneezed and it was really cute. Yeah. I, for one second, I thought he was going to puke <laughs> on top of the couch, which would not be cool. He didn't but though. He just like that. <laughs> That's really cute. I love Anyways. him. Anyways. Um, Okay. Cadaver so, dogs. Cadaver dogs. And they didn't find anything. So, January 2005. So, we're into the next year. We're now. into the next year, yep. Andrea, who was the owner of the Baghdad Cafe, mm-hmm. came forward saying that she recognized April from the missing flyers. Okay. Okay. And April worked for her for a few days. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I've seen some podcasts make it seem like it was a much longer time. It was literally like three dates. Mm-hmm. And she thought it was going to work out. Like yeah, she came April's in, April's a nice person. Yeah, and she like really wanted the job. She came in all buttoned up. She was really personable, great with customers. Mm-hmm. But the last day she came in, she had a black eye. What the? Fuck? Yeah, and Andrea said like it was clear that she had to leave for whatever reason. Like that's a quote from her. Yeah. Um, and that was the last time she saw her. Oh my god, this girl just vanished. Yeah, like she I, was there, and then that, she was not. Those are the kinds of events that just absolutely. Freak me out how a person can be there one day and then just disappear. I know. And be, just be gone. I know. And the, like, like, where like are Jermaine, they? too. Yeah, and like, we did two where missing back to back. Where are they? Right. Like, somebody has to know. Somebody, somebody definitely knows 
where she is. But does somebody alive know where she is? I'm sure that people know. Yeah. So now that was January, 2005. We're going to go all the way to December, 2005. Okay. A Desert historian was giving a tour. I guess that's a thing that people do in the Mojave Desert. (laughs) It's a title, Desert Historian. Okay. (laughs) But he was leading a guided tour into the mines, and he came across women's clothing. Uh Uh-uh. No, thank you. This has been over a year since she was last seen. No, thank you, And there's clothing that hasn't been deteriorated by the weather. I want to throw that out there. Wait, what? Yeah. So recently put in That's what it feels like. The mine. Yeah. Well, it was kind of like strewn about the mine. So they call they call the police. The police don't get any forensics off of it. But it was between and I'm so sorry, these the names of these mines are super fucking racist. Okay? So trigger warning. Yes. Red Dog Mine, which is a fucking racist name also. They were between Red Dog Mine and Indian Queen Mine. Uh, yeah, they need to change the names of those mines. But will they? Probably not. No. I mean, we live next to the street Indian school because that's where the residential school was. So, yeah, no. <laughs> like, it's really fucked up. Anyways, um, so it was between the two mines. There were no forensic evidence. They tell Gloria, but they don't tell her for a hot minute. Okay? So December 2006... It is the next year. Oh, my God. She goes down to see where the clothes were found. Whoa. And and I've seen this said a couple of ways. In her interviews, it sounds like she went one day between the two mines just to see if she could see anything. And she goes back the next day, and there are clothes there. And her white suitcase is there. Whoa, April's yeah. white suitcase With there. the flannel that her mom actually sent her in a care package. What? And it was not there the day before. What? See, that seems incredibly fishy to me. They're not worn by the sun. They weren't there. Like, those were deposited. So she gets there, and the suitcase is actually hanging open, and the flannel is hanging out. Mm-mm. Uh, yeah. Mm-mm. Fucking weird. That, that's... Unfortunately, what that feels like is very final. Yeah. If I was her mother, that would feel very final yeah. to me. Like, oh shit, we have found her suitcase here and this is not good. Her her mom has said that for the longest time she knew that April was not alive. Yeah. Like they, she knows that she's looking for April's body. But that is sort of like... That changes the it's, hope It's scenario. the nail in the coffin. Yeah. It's a crude example of a way to say that, but that's like the literal nail in the coffin yeah. of like your hope of yeah. finding her alive. Yeah. You know what I mean? But also that means that somebody knew you were there. Yeah. No, somebody knew she was there looking. And that and she were, was going back. Yeah. They're fucking with her. Yeah. At this that's point. That's so fucked up. Yeah. They're, they're playing games. Yeah. Yep. So that triggers another search of the mine. You know, they go inside, they don't see anything, they don't find anything additional. Now, Dan Dan has cancer, okay? On his deathbed, he says, I did that girl. Her mom is in the right spot, but it hasn't gone deep enough. He said, I did that girl? Yep. Gross. Dan Dan said this? Yes. 
I think he was meaning like I killed her. Like yeah, I did. Yeah, 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 yeah I no, did. That I know girl. that's what he meant, but um, like, what the fuck? Yeah, kind of way is that? That was his. Thing? That's the last thing he said on his deathbed. Um, I did that girl. She just hasn't gone far. Enough. Yeah, her mom was in the right place, but she hasn't gone deep enough. Holy shit! Talk about a deathbed confession, right? Wow. So they go back to the mine. And they find a nonprofit, and for the life of me, I cannot remember the nonprofit's name. Um, and they go three thousand feet into this mine. Yeah, like and they go super far down. Yep, they repel. Like that's what they do in the mines. Like that's their mission. They don't find shit. See, and it could just be that he's got her in a completely different mine, and or it's he's... deeper. That mine goes deeper. I wonder, but how it's far straight down. down. It wow, really? Yeah. So they don't they don't so know where the bottom of could that he is. have potentially just thrown her? Yeah. It's and very she it's could possible. Just keep going and going and going and going. Yep. Wow. Red Dog is a deep mine. Oh my god. Yeah, and it has like plateaus here and there, you know, but it's a deep mine. Holy shit. Um Yeah, they don't find anything. And her mom has is quoted all over the place as saying that like no one can convince me that she's not in that mine. So she must know things about this case that are literally telling her and she's got mama instincts. I was just going to say she's, she's got, got that gut yep. knowing that her baby's in there somewhere. Yep. How many times have we heard stories like that where parents are convinced that they're going to find their child and then they eventually do. Yep. But it just is like in some crazy way that they find them. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Wow. That's so sad. I know. So at this point, majority of the people involved in this case have passed uh, Chuck and Dan Dan died of cancer, and Steve died in a plane crash in 2015. Whoa. Yep. Um, he was on his way to Amarillo awaiting sentencing for drug trafficking. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. So, like, people don't change, right? But mostly they say the same. Um, but sometimes they change. <laughs> if you haven't seen Bridesmaids do that. Um, so, this that's, that's it. Like, this case has so many more questions than answers to me, you know? Well, and again, if the police had taken action immediately, maybe they could have stopped whatever was happening to her. Right. Maybe, maybe not. Or maybe they hadn't had enough time to move her body, and they could have, you know, caught them. Had anyone done any fucking thing? Had they never made her a fucking informant when Thank she was you. 22. Thank you very much. Like her life yeah, would have been completely different. Let's not forget that detail yeah. because seriously, where have you ever heard of someone doing this level of work for our government because of a goddamn DUI? I mean, Listen, I know white dudes who have had several DUIs where they were so pissed drunk that they like couldn't even see straight. Yeah. And you know what they got? A little slap on the wrist. There are politicians that are on, like, what, here in New Mexico? Their seventh, eighth DUI? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, nothing happens to them. Nope. They they pay a ticket or a fine or some shit. Nope. But they, Their charges always get reduced. And But this poor girl... Right, because she was already living on the fringes. She came from, a like, a young mother. You know what I mean? Like... Mm-mm. Yep. Mm-mm. Yep. So... She's officially still missing, so I do want to go over her flyer. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it's April Beth Pitzer. She was last seen June 28th, 2004, age 30 when last seen. Um, I've seen on multiple posters her height being anywhere from 5'9 to 5'11. 
Okay, so she's kind of tall. She's tall. And she's thin, 120 pounds. Okay. She has hazel eyes and dark brown hair. She doesn't have any tattoos at, that we know of. Okay. Um, you can please contact, if you have any dif- in, wow, any information, you can contact the Unidentified Missing Person Investigation Center. That's 909-387-2978. Again, that's 909-387-2978. Or... Contact WeTip at 1-800-78-CRIME. That's 1-800-78-CRIME. That last number is anonymous. Wow. Damn. I don't even know what to say after this. Well, and I... Her daughters are grown. Yeah. I was Um, curious about where they they are. They have a massive love for her mom. They speak out for her often. They like to keep the word in the media that they are still so looking for their mother. So they've got to be what, like in their 20s or something? Yeah. How old are they exactly? Do you know? They were 13 here. So they were born in 98. Okay. One of them was born in 98. They were four and two when she went missing. Okay. So yeah, right in that age group mm-hmm. where they would be super aware of how screwed up their mom had it. And they probably want to know what happened to her. Yeah. Yep. And they talk about her often. Like, wow. um, if you Google her, you'll see a picture of Dan Dan, who looks crazy as fuck. And then her daughters. Wow. Yep. Okay. I'm not even sure how to wrap that one up. I just, I mean, I'm glad that you're talking about this. I'm glad that you, like, gave all the details. Like, the research on this is really well done. And I just want to say thank you for talking about that. I just, um, her, for her daughters, they deserve answers. And her mama. And her mama. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just if we can even have, like, if this triggers one memory, or if you think that you've heard something that might be stupid, or it might feel like nothing to you, just call. Just call. Call anonymously. Or hell, if you have a conscience and you want to confess to something that you know, you can do that anonymously, yep. too. Yep, and also, if you're ever in a situation where you are taken into custody by the police, know that you can ask for an attorney at any moment. Yeah, you don't have to talk to the police. You don't. And it doesn't make you any more guilty yeah. to ask for an attorney for advice. Yeah, never, you are entitled never, to Never, ever, ever talk to the police without an attorney. No, they will twist that shit on you. So fast. Yep. Yeah. All right, well, I'm Maggie. And I'm Tanel. And this is Life and Death on the